Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back here with you on a Tuesday. All right. So Medium.com reported on this latest survey that gives us um, cause for concern about adult literacy rates. Sadly, the numbers in this story are pretty consistent with what we've seen for a while. Yeah, uh, and we're talking about American adults here. Okay, so this is not a, a survey of all Americans, but this is just American adults. And they say that on average, uh, the average American adult uh, study of 54 uh, percent of American adults read below sixth grade levels. What Colin and I are both trying to find, and it's making me crazy that I can't, boy, if there are any teachers listening, educate me a little bit. I have two questions about this. First of all, why is the sixth grade level the level we always use for these studies? What is the dramatic difference between fifth and sixth grade reading? And why is that the level we use? And I want to know what adults what adults cannot do if they don't read at the sixth grade level. Yeah, and if you're wondering, okay, did they take into account things like dyslexia and other learning disabilities? Mm -hmm. Yes, they did. Um, now, though, they're still listed as reading potentially below a sixth grade level, but that is that, that is involved in these numbers. So. Uh, a certain percentage of those would be people who have some kind of learning or literacy disability. But they said that, uh, I mean, it, it affects you in every possible way. Low literacy levels, for example, are associated with poor health outcomes because you have a diminished ability to read things like pill bottles mm -hmm. and understand the instructions that you may receive. And a lot more of the, I mean, what used to be going to the country doctor, you know, going to, to his home practice and getting treated obviously isn't that way anymore. And most of the instruction, most of the interaction that I've had with my own personal doctor is on our patient portal. So if I can't read that or I can't communicate to her what's going on, then that's going to cause a problem. So it's easy to see how those kind of things can get even worse over time, where things that used to be done face-to-face -face are now done you know, through the written word. And if you can't understand that stuff, you're going to have a big problem. Colin, where did this quote just come from that you just sent me? Uh, I was just about to send that. This is from the Institute of Education Sciences.gov. Okay. So this is, um, I'm not shocked at this, but I want to talk more about what the impact of this is. So from what Colin just found, those adults may struggle with any of the core components of reading, like decoding vocabulary and comprehension. They may struggle for many different reasons. English is not their first language, cognitive declines from aging or a lack of formal education. 
Some of you on the text line are saying it's the difference between high school and elementary school. For me, elementary school went to eighth grade, well, yeah. not sixth. And that's why, you know, one of the things I was about to bring up is that that line of demarcation has moved down. Uh, mm-hmm. It used to be eighth grade. As a matter of fact, newspaper reporters perennially were told right at an eighth grade level because that's who's reading the paper. Um, oh, wow. So, wow. Okay. yeah. Um, and and you know, so over time, it, it used to be an eighth grade level. That's That was kind of the marker, because if you didn't go to high school at all, that's where mm-hmm. you read. Was it an eighth grade level? So they just figured that was what it was going to be. Uh, now that it's I mean, and we're talking more than half of everybody, 54 yeah. percent can't read above a sixth grade level. That's a giant problem. We got. Yeah, we got to talk more about how to fix that. Um, fix this in the right word. How, how do we address it? And it's not going to be one big solution for everybody. Where do we need to aim some of the efforts here? Let's go to Jason in North Kansas City. Hey, Jason. Hey, I just had to throw out a little defense on the, the dyslexia thing. With somebody who's had it for his entire life, I can read it like a high college level. Sure. So it, it does, okay. I mean, that it's, depends on your education and who helped you and who got you sorted out. It's so. not It's not a death sentence in terms of being able no, to read. No, absolutely not. And I grew up in the 70s, and they actually handled it better then than they do now. Um, and then I'd also kind of like to know, uh, like, what's, I mean, what states uh, are the students, what state are the students from that contributed to this, or adults, I should say, that contributed to this number? Because a lot of, you know, a lot of places just don't invest in education. I mean, nobody moves to Overland Park because they like the scenery. <laughs> I mean, they do it because yeah, right. they have an awesome education system. You get what you pay for. For a so, long time anyway, it was, yeah, for a long time my, it was the best. My big thing was I just, had to, I, I just had to step up a little bit for, you know, me and my fellow dyslexia. You got it. So, All right, all Jason. Right th- yeah, thanks very much. Uh, and he's right about that. I mean, and certainly like anything else, uh, dyslexia is a matter of degree. You know, it's it's yes. not it's not an on off switch. Some people are going to have a much harder time with it than others. But he's right. I mean, it's there are all kinds. Of, it's it's not something they just diagnose you with and then throw their hands up and say good luck. Let me open a whole can of worms here for a second because we've got the time. Um, one of the conversations I'm having with my friends a lot lately about their kids is ADHD and ADD, and how that affects your ability to learn. And I. I have questions about how we came to these figures in part, because one of the things that happens with kids with ADD and ADHD is that they have the info, they know the answers, they have the information in their head. It just takes them longer to get that answer from their head to out of them. Because of all the static in between. Right. They just need more time. So on a standardized test, they know that five plus five equals 10, but it might take them 10 or 15 seconds to sit there and get the right answer. Standardized tests aren't built that way. Standardized tests are built for time. You don't get unlimited time to do them. And so I I partially wonder about a variety of learning disabilities and how those figure in here, but that's a whole other, wow. Like we we could spend all day. Yeah, and I want to address something that just came in on the text line too. Uh, I I get the sort of conspiracy theory behind it, but somebody said a giant problem is that people can't write. Instead of putting writing back into the curriculum, public education is taking it out. They want people to be dumb. A dumb populace is easier to manipulate. Okay, I get that. But, and, and, and there may even be a point to be made there about uh, the, the educational system writ large. But I think when you individualize that and talk to teachers, 
you'll find out that teachers don't care and don't want people to be dumb. I mean, right. I don't buy into the conspiracy theory anyway, but teachers get into teaching because they want to educate. Right. So if if they're uh, – and, and it's also been a long time since I was in a public school, so I don't know – at what level you are expected to write or how much writing goes into an English comp or, or if English comp even exists anymore. Uh, but if you know, I mean, if you've got kids who are in high school now, how much do you see them writing and how much are they called upon to do it? So I also wonder, and we'll get to your calls here in a second, but I also wonder about um, sixth grade being kind of the stopping point. And I just wonder if that's the point in school where you're moving from some of the basics to more comprehension. And like, if you haven't gotten some of the basics down, you just, you don't get caught up after that. Because I, I asked myself like, well, can we not be catching kids at the sixth grade or whatever it is and, and summer school and whatever. And so that they're not just stuck at that level. Yeah, and then I wonder as adults how we intervene. Sure, and, and to the previous caller's point about nobody moves to Overland Park for the scenery. Uh, yeah, for the for a long time, Overland Park was the number one uh, you know city in the in the country for education, and it shows. I mean, the results are there. So clearly, it is an education problem. But how uh, yeah, how do you take districts that don't have the money that Overland Park does and bring them up to speed where everybody should be? We'll go to Peculiar, where Cheryl is calling in. Hello, Cheryl. Hello. Um, I just want to chime in because, number one, my dad was a dyslexic, and unfortunately, back in his time, they didn't know a lot about it. Uh, so he never really learned to read. But I have grandchildren that are in elementary school right now and are struggling to read in the third, second and third grade. And teachers are passing them because it's easier to pass them and hope they can catch up than it is to hold them back. And I think if we don't address the education part of it, we're going to continue to have um, adults who can't read and can't function. Chair, can I ask you about that, about why you think teachers why teachers think it's easier to send them on i have friends who are teachers uh and basically have been told just pass them just pass but why them. is it easier it because there's a lot of paperwork involved in keeping a student back so what i say and i ask the question in part know, because again so well so what so if there's what? paperwork do the paperwork <laughs> Like, to me, that's exactly. a dumb reason to not put a kid in the classes they should be in. But parents largely make that decision. I mean, you parents can decide, my kid's not ready to move on to the next grade. And parents can say, I want my kids to repeat a grade. Uh, they can say that, but they won't get it done. I, and I, I don't that. think that's true. I know, I know that parents that recently made that decision and, and were enabled to make that decision. They must have pushed really, really, really hard no. to get that child held back. First of all, they didn't, but they were offered they were offered to decide that for themselves. Now, it was with it input from the, the school, mm -hmm. it could but be they the made the ultimate decision. The, right. It could be the difference in the school district, too. I, I'm just I'm curious. When you said they're being told to pass these kids, they, the teachers, are being told. Who's telling them? Their supervisors, the principals. 
It has a lot to do with funding issues, and it has a lot to do with you don't pass them and you hold them back. There's just a lot of red tape to go to that, goes with that. And that's why my friends that are teachers have told me, you know, I had a, I had a child in, um, in school and it couldn't hardly read at all, and they wouldn't do anything for her any kind of special help unless she had a um, a learning disability or a physical disability. And neither one of them, uh, she didn't qualify for either one of them, but they kept passing her anyway, and she really could not function in school because she could not comprehend reading. All right. Uh, Cheryl, thank you. Uh, thanks for the call. All right, teachers, you heard that. You heard what Cheryl just said. Is that what the situation is? And administrators, I need someone to talk to me from an administrator point of view if the paperwork is the reason and if administrators put pressure on teachers to pass kids forward. Now, one of the places I know pressure does come is from parents who say, how dare you? You know, how dare you tell me my kid's not ready for the next grade? Of course they are. And and if it's being done to lower that volume, certainly still not an excuse. The school still shouldn't do it. But I, I can see where that would be an issue. Um, you know, the, the teachers that I have known have you know, told me things along those lines about, you know, just anything you do. When you when a parent comes to a teacher and says, why did you fail my child? Well, I didn't. Um, you know, there, there's a grade standard here, and this, this is the grade your child earned, and it doesn't pass. I'm laughing at the text line because of words I am being called right now that I cannot repeat on the air. <laughs> Again, seriously? Because how dare I ask questions and disagree with anyone based on my own experience? Wow. I, I, I can't repeat. I, I'm being called names I can't even repeat. People are special. Wow. Okay. Um, 913-586-7798. We'll get another call on here before we take a break. Jim and Topeka. Hey, Jim. Yes, I'm going to address a little bit about an administrator in their role. When I started in school, I had the dyslexia, and, and at the time, they didn't know what that was called. So they changed reading from phonetics, where that you took the word and took it apart and, and sounded each letter out and what have you to where that you learned how to read. For me, they said, see it and say it. The only problem I was was see it was say it for me for road is is every time I looked at a word that word spelled itself differently. Yeah. For me. So there is definite advantages to how they are teaching reading from rote to phonetics to some others. So there's some more scientific things involved in here and some administrative administrators can be very short sighted and say it's quicker if they just learn it by rote. Well, for me, it nearly cost me a lot of things in life for doing that. And I can look back and see a lot of the failures and the difficulty in. And even today for spelling, I spell at probably about the third grade level, but I can read at any level that you'll set in front of me. Mm -hmm. But trying to spell it out and use the, in, 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 and put it into words on paper, no, can't do it. Take care, my friend. You do, you do the same, Jim. Thanks a lot for the call. Yeah, my uh, my wife's father is is one who struggles with dyslexia, always has. And he grew up on an island in the Caribbean. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think the education system is lacking here, talk oh, about yeah. a special needs kid growing up in Barbados, all right? It, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And, and he, you know, he's found workarounds his entire life. You do 
but some of them work better than others. And if you're given those tools as a kid, you can put them into into play a lot earlier and have a, a lot more success. If that's where we're falling down, if that's what's really driving these numbers, then, you know, we'll see. We've got a lot of educators who are hopping on the phone <laughs> right now. lines are thank, full. Yes, thank Love you for it. that. Yeah, we'll get to you in turn coming up. Yeah, we'll take a break. Be back here in a few on KMBZ. All right, so we know the problem. We've got the numbers. 54% of adults, uh, this is over the age of 16, do not read at a sixth grade level. That means they don't know the vocabulary, they don't have the reading comprehension, and they don't have some of the critical thinking that would be necessary to do things like fill out a job application and understand credit reports and be able to read a warranty on a car. I mean, all this stuff that we need to be able to do as adults. Yeah, and it's I mean, what it really all comes down to is it costs you money. The The better you can read, right. the more money you will save. And, it, and the worse you read, the more it's going to cost you over time. So there really is a reason to do it. Uh, but it also, I mean, it would make us stronger as a country and as a, an economy, for that matter, if everybody read better than we do. Julia and Ray Moore is up next with us. Hi, Julia, what's your connection to all this? Hey, how's it going? Going well. Great. Um, So I was calling, I think the caller's name was Cheryl, talking about how kids aren't being held back like they're supposed to. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to chime in on that a little. Um, I've had a son who's been in speech therapy since he was two years old. um, And he's always struggled in school, reading, writing, getting his words out correctly. And COVID really threw a wrench in that, um, the learning from home. So when it came time for him to go to third grade, I asked them to hold him back. Because, you know, he, he didn't get any instruction at home and it was difficult for me not being, a, you know, his speech teacher, all of that. And they told me, no, that COVID messed things up. Let's see how he does in third grade. Okay, so third grade comes around. My son failed reading. He failed speech. He failed writing. And he was in speech. He was in extra reading classes and he was um, doing tutoring out of school. So I asked again for him to be held back. The answer was no. Last year with fourth grade, I put my foot down. He has to be held back. This is going to be embarrassing when he starts going to other classes and he can't keep up. Sure. They told me no, because they're more worried about the social stigma that it would cause on my kid <laughs> than they are with his grade. So, again, now oh. my son is in fifth grade and he was pushed forward. So I have fought. I have fought with everything. So the only thing that I can do is continue with extra reading courses and tutoring outside of school to keep him from getting farther and farther behind. I'm I, I and I'm not disputing your story. I mean, you know your story. Mm-hmm. It just baffles me why if if his grades aren't good enough for advance, why are they advancing him? They like I said, they they told me, they told um, his dad, um, his stepdad, everybody that they're worried about the social stigma and what it can cause to a kid um, under the age of sixth grade level. I don't know why it changes to me. It'd be more embarrassing after that than it is now yeah. if that's what they're worried about. But that was my story. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry about that, Julia. But I mean, all you can do is put up the good fight, keep it up and, and let us know if things change. Thanks for getting I, I'm stunned. I yeah. j- just stunned off to, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Catherine is up next with us in Shawnee. Hi, Catherine. Yes. Hi. Um, my perspective is I was a K-6 teacher for 10 years, and now I'm an education professor. My husband's a high school teacher um, in a local Kansas City area, and 100% administrators have been have told him several times to pass kids. And it usually is in ways like, wow, you know all those Bs on the report card or those Fs on the report card look a lot better like Bs? And they get told that explicitly from administrators, and um, so it's 
definitely a problem at the high school level. He has kids in English classes that are taking 11th grade English, but then during study hall hour or whatever, they're taking online, they're making up 9th and 10th grade English because they failed those. And, well, they're going to fail 11th grade English, too, and they're going to be doing the same thing. But then at one point, someone just puts a D on the page, so they pass, and then they walk. And then another comment I have to say is I supervise student teachers, so I'm seeing a lot of different schools, and I will have student teachers who will say, oh, well, 90% of my third grade class is below grade level. Like, they're failing state standardized tests, and they really can't read. So they're not – the people are not being held back because you'd literally be holding back so many of them at this point. And he can't with a glut. Yeah. Real quick, sorry, before we go to break, what is the motivation for an administrator to push a kid forward? Um, personally, I believe that the high school level, it's your past and your graduation, rate, which is they get pressure from above to have really good graduation rate. So you just become somebody else's problem. We, yes. get, you, we get you out of school. We don't have to think about you anymore. Yes. For sure. And then at the elementary level, whenever I've brought kids up in the past, it was, oh, I'm really worried. You know, they, they really can't read. And it's not just one year, it's several. It was just always like that other caller said, the social impact was more important. And, oh, we just need to do better accommodations for them. We'll just help them better. So let's keep assessing and let's do all these things to help them. And I'm all for helping kids in any way possible. But it just gets to a point where I think, what I just had a conversation with my students, my college students who are learning how to teach, and they're saying so many of our kids are below level that that's the new normal, essentially, when you're planning. You can't look wow. at second grade reading standards. You have to look at kindergarten or first because that's where the second graders are. It's like a redefinition, if that makes sense. Well, and you said, I'm, I know we got to go for the bottom of the hour, but you said that your, your education experience was first to sixth grade? Yes. I used to be a classroom teacher. How are we bungling second graders? Oh, they're just getting passed through, and maybe it hasn't clicked yet, and they'll learn to read in third grade if we provide them the proper support. But, I mean, are are we just not teaching them well? Oh, well, that leads into another hot topic in education now because there's really a shift in best practices in reading. We're moving away from whole language reading and we're going back to the science of reading and phonetics understanding because it's been a couple of decades now. We've been using a whole language approach and I think people are now finally going, that doesn't work. And we're actually going back to phonics and explicit reading instruction. But it's going to take time. I, uh, yeah, I I see it. Oh, Catherine, thank you. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. That's going to take time to work its way through the system. Phone lines are ringing. Phone lines are full. We'll get everybody in. We'll do our best here. Uh, We'll get to more of your calls next year on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. New study tells us 130 million people in the United States cannot read at a sixth grade level. That's 54, uh, 54% of adults age 16 to 74. We're talking about job applications. We're talking about the ability to interpret a map, uh, going to buy a car, understanding banking information, and just the idea that they could be scammed more easily. I mean, you you just don't, you don't understand as much. And we haven't even talked about the writing part of this. I mean, this is just reading at a sixth grade level. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously they go hand in hand, and especially as an educator. I mean, the best way to get somebody to know how to read is to make them write. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you have to use the language, then you're better able to, you know, if you can make it translate it from your head onto the page, then it works better the other way around as well. At least that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Kathy in Kansas City is up next. Hi, Kathy. Hello. Hey there. What's on your mind? Well, I just want to let you know that I was put back. And uh, uh, I was put back in the first grade. Uh, the teachers were uh, talking to my parents. Well, you know, we, we can pass her if you want, you know, because, you know, you know, there's negative connotations if, if they're holed up. And my dad being a teacher and my mom uh, very vocal about everybody should have an education, they said no. We want you to put leave her in first grade, and let's see what happens. And that a lot of my parents got a lot of guff from other parents because uh, because the teachers would say, "Well, uh, this family is letting their child stay back. Why aren't you going to let your child stay back?" So there's that. There's also the and I did get some of. Uh, teasing when I was growing up, but I think I would have got a lot more teasing if I, if they passed me and I didn't continue with a proper education. Sure. So I graduated high school and I got at least three years of college under my belt, but I don't think that would have happened if they passed me. I'm, I'm glad it worked out for you the way that it did, Kathy. Yeah. It's also much easier um, and this, this I believe is true of math also, it's much easier to hold a kid back when they're younger and reinforce and, and work on those things when they're in kindergarten or first grade than it is to try to fix that stuff later. There's also less stigma, I feel like, for a littler kid to be held back than an older kid. Yeah, and that's why I asked you know, the, the teacher who called us right before the bottom of the hour, how are we bungling a second grader? What, what are we doing wrong at that level? Because like anything else, the earlier you start with proficiency in that, the better off you're going to be down the road. So I don't look at a high school student who can't read and say, why is the high school screwing this kid up? No, 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 no. That kid was screwed up, you know, five, six, seven years ago. How How is it that somebody looks at that second grader and says, well, we know you can't really get to third grade, but we're going to put you there anyway. So here's the only thing I will give administrators, although I don't think this is where they're coming from, is that, I could see the decision whether to hold a kid back difficult if they are good in other subjects, but they have a tough time in one and you're making them repeat a grade because they just have trouble in one subject. Yeah. 
I struggle with that decision because you can because tutor. that's where I feel like tutoring comes in and support comes in for that. Not to mention summer school. I mean, that that right. was always if a kid was struggling, really could not grasp math, whatever it was, you know, for that year, then they did summer school and all they did was math. So the entire right. day they were just working on the one thing. So d- does that not happen as much anymore? Is is summer school still even a thing where they can do that kind of directed education? don't know let's go to it uh let's go back and head to norm who's calling in from liberty hey norm hello hey um i'm 70 years old and i was i had dyslexia and uh i didn't comprehend what i was reading real well until i was 16 years old but before then i got teased a lot so um in in a sense i got advanced to the next grade and the next grade and the next grade and um it it it, uh, it hurt me but uh, once i comprehended what i was reading i started reading books all the time just like the newspaper i found it interesting to read the newspaper you know yeah it just took a while it's just a matter of practice yeah, I'm glad you got on top of it, Norman. And, and that's the kind of thing that you, I guess what we're hearing is nothing new. That's right. what this amounts to is that the same kinds of pressures that are there now that are making people do things with with kids' futures that they shouldn't be doing were there 50 years ago. And I asked the universe, why do we struggle with this so much? Why is reading such a struggle? Why is this where we are really, really having trouble? Um why are we not getting it as kids as much? Kia in Overland Park is up next with us to uh, tackle that very question. Hi, Kia. Hi. Um, so, yes, I actually can speak to both sides of the issue. I had a special needs child uh, with autism, and she really struggled with reading, comprehension, um, she really could not understand, like, abstract thought or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I was noticing, and something that may be an issue is homework is not sent back home as much anymore, our graded papers. But what tipped me off that something was wrong, um, when I want to say she was around first, second grade, is I received a paperback that was marked graded perfectly. And when I looked at the page, she just had drawn a bunch of pictures all over it, like where the um, where she was supposed to answer a question, there would just be a picture there. And I was like, well, maybe the picture had something to do with the question, no. It was just the picture, and the teacher passed it. So uh, basically from there, I uh, confronted the school about that, and I'm like, if she's not understanding what she needs to understand, she should not be moving forward to any other grade. And I tested her at home and everything and saw she just, was not grasping anything. And basically I said, she has to be held back. And when we went back to the school, the next school year, I signed her up for 
the same grade. I did not really even speak to anyone. Mm -hmm. When they asked what grade, I told them um, she's repeating the grade again. So I think a lot of it is just with uh, parents actually seeing how their kid is performing and where they're at. And then secondly, do you read with your kids at home? If you're reading with your kids at home every day or even just on a weekly basis, you're going to see they're struggling to read. So um, I don't place all of the, the blame on the school. As adults, our parents, we have some responsibility, like just reading with your child, I feel, should be a basic thing that we're doing on a regular basis. And that way we can see if our child is having a problem with reading. Boy, I, I could not mm-hmm. agree with you more. I mean, my, my parents, and I'm, I'm sure, Jamie, your experience was mm-hmm. not very different from this. Uh, my parents were the ones who would read me a book every night before bed. And, and it got to the point where by the time I was three or four, I was reading along with them. And they would stop and ask me what the next word was. And, it, you know, it kind of went like that. So I was the kid who walked into first grade and already knowing how to read. You know, and, and there were se- I wasn't the only one. There were several of us. But you could tell the difference. And if it if it's not reinforced, like any education, if it's not reinforced at home, it's going to fall away. Mm-hmm. That's great. And thank yeah. you. Yeah, thanks totally very agree. much for the call. But, I mean, there are also a gazillion studies out there about the other good things that come from reading to your kids at home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just, of every study in the universe says that's a good thing. In so many other ways. And, and what did we do with our sons when, when it was bedtime? They got stories read to them every night. And they got, I mean, not only did they love it, they loved the extra time before they had to go to bed, but also had no problem with reading and reading comprehension. Here's the other thing I wonder about real fast is I, I wonder um, if your child is getting behind, I feel like reading is the thing and reading comprehension is the thing that parents would struggle with more to help the kids with. Yeah. Like, I don't think parents know as much. They know how to do it, but don't know how to help somebody else figure it out. It's just a harder thing to teach. Whereas math, you just do flashcards. You know, math is just quantitative. But I feel like reading and writing is something that parents would have a harder time teaching at home. Especially when it comes to comprehension. I mean, right. you can teach somebody words. You can teach somebody how to make words. Somebody how to, You can teach them how to spell words. But having them read a paragraph and really grok it, I mean, really, like, deeply understand what, what that paragraph is about, that's something that you only get by continuously reading. Yeah. 913-586-7798. We can take another call here before we break. Let's do Wanda and Linux up next. Hi, Wanda. Hi. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about this, but uh, my daughter was a freshman in high school when she was diagnosed with this dyslexia. Um, she did struggle all her her childhood with trying to read, and we did get intervention with tutors at first grade level. She had that tutoring throughout the entire school year, through all summers up until her freshman year, and then she begged us to stop, so we stopped. Um, all, I'm a, she was an only child, so I was kind of um, one of those parents who saved everything that she ever did kind of thing. My parents were the same way, yeah. Yeah, and so I was able to go back through. What happened was her, her high school sent out a thing. We were in Missouri at the time, and they sent out an email saying, hey, uh, the state of Missouri has now required us to uh, mandate 
Uh, if you feel like your child has dyslexia, we now have testing available for that. And in my mind, I was like, well, well wow, that seems like a lot of kids must have dyslexia if uh, the state is going to that means. And so I decided to look at dyslexia and what the definition was. Because in my mind, the only time I ever heard the word dyslexia was when people reverse their letters. So like, you know, B mm-hmm. and, and D. Yeah. Uh, that is not the case. Yes, that is one symptom. But there are so many different symptoms of dyslexia. And she had almost every single one of them. And I never knew it because I didn't know what dyslexia is. So a lot of it is the teachers in the elementary schools do not know what dyslexia is and what to watch for. We went ahead and requested that testing that Missouri allowed. Uh, The test that they wanted to give her was the same test, standardized test, that they give to the children every single year. I had copies of all of it. I had it in one notebook. And I go, why do I want to get her tested again in the same thing that she's already failed multiple times, but no one has ever flagged her for it? And we would have meeting after meeting after meeting. We even met with principals trying to find why she was always behind in her reading. And no one ever mentioned the word dyslexia to us all those years, all those tutors. She had four different tutors. And, and the kid so, doesn't know. I mean, the kid can't be expected to know. Right, uh, how do right, you know if you're reading any differently than anybody else does? Exactly, exactly. And she excelled at everything else. So math, she does great. Everything else, she did great. Reading, she was always behind. And we would sit there for hours in the evening and read with her. And I would get so angry because she would skip words like the or and. And then I would say, sweetie, it's three letters. Just say the word and. Why can't you remember the three letters? Well, that's part of it. A dyslexic child can't remember. They, they skip over those words because they're already going on to the next big word, and they're trying to sound it out, but they can't because their brain doesn't allow them to do it. So what we finally found out, had her, we had her professionally tested then because we said, screw the school district. We're just going to go uh, mm-hmm. have it professionally done. Spent $1,000 to get that done. Best money we've ever spent. Um, Yes, she was diagnosed with dyslexia. Um, So then we started with special tutoring that is for, it's called Orton-Gillingham. And it's an actual program that basically teaches them how to, because people with dyslexia have like, they see images or they're better spatial people than they are like phonics and trying to sound things out. Sure. They just, their brain doesn't do that. So we also learned that 20% of the entire population over the world has dyslexia. It is genetic. It is passed on from one generation to the other. My dad was never able to read. He's 84. We never knew it was called dyslexia. Uh, He was a farmer. So he was held back a grade, but we were always told it was because he spent too much time farming and missed a lot of school. So here it is, came from her grandfather, and it is passed down. So it's not going to get any better. It's only going to get worse. Well, yeah, and, yeah. Until we educate our teachers and say, hey, you got to test for it. You have to tell the parents when you see it. The parents have to know. 
So what I suggested to my school district when we found all this stuff out, I took that notebook in. I showed them the thousands of emails that I had kept tell, showing where I was constantly fighting with the teacher saying, tell me what's wrong with my child. Tell me what's wrong. I even asked her second grade teacher, do you think she has a disability? And she told me no. Well, it, I had it all. I had it all in writing, and uh, they. I said, "You failed my child. You failed my child." I said, "So now we are going to fix it, but now you're going to have to provide things for her." And so we got her a 504 plan. Normally, they like, um, oh, what's it called? I IED. IEP. IED. Uh, yeah, uh, they normally have that for dyslexic kids, where the, the actual educator, like a para, will come in and pull them out of regular class and help them with just the reading portion, that kind of thing. And that's where, you know, when your question is, well, why aren't the schools doing anything or why do they keep passing in? It's money because yeah. they have to provide the funds for that para in well, order to. I, I, I hate to do this. We are, we are running so late right now. We really appreciate the call and, and there's a lot there to chew on. Thank you very much for, for all that. And thank you for doing the work that you did to make sure that they weren't going to continue to fail your child. So unfortunately, most people don't have the time and many people simply don't have the tools. Somebody on the text line said, if a parent can't read, how are they going to augment their child's reading education? It's a great question. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a problem with no easy answers, unfortunately. If you want to find the study, we got it out of medium.com. The Google, just Google the headline 54% of Americans and you'll find it. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. All right, quick reminder of what's going to happen at 1.20 p.m. tomorrow, our time. Uh, tomorrow is the big nationwide alert. All everything's going to go off at the same time day. Yeehaw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your cell phone's going to go off. TV's going to show it. We're going to have it. Radio's going to have it. Uh, the nationwide test of all things. And that's apparently when the uh, the nanoparticles from the coronavirus vaccine are going to be activated <laughs> in your blood and turn you into a blood-sucking zombie vampire or something. I don't know. Are you reading the internet again <laughs> and believing it? How did you know? Where yeah. are you finding this stuff oh, on the internet? Good Lord. The conspiracy theories are so ridiculous. But uh, yeah, so tomorrow at two o'clock when you're not a vampire sucking blood zombie or whatever that was, uh, then you'll know that they were all full of the same garbage that they've been full of all along. Yes. one twenty p.m. Central Time. Every, everything. It's just a test. Every alert in the universe is going to go off. Everything's fine. If there's a possibility, I assume, of severe weather somewhere, they won't do it. Usually that they'll just kick it back yeah. so that no one mistakes it for the real thing. Don't panic. So, yes. All right. Thanks, everybody, for today. We'll turn this over to Dana Wright. Be back tomorrow here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.